Reverend Jim Jones, cult leader who orchestrated the deaths of 900 of his followers. What does his son have to say 40 years later? H.H. Holmes, one of America's first serial killers. Have you ever wondered if you're related to someone like that? Hear from the man who found out he was. And still at large, a killer of two Delphi, Indiana girls, Abby Williams and Libby German. Hear from the last person to see them alive in her own words. No scripts, all Hoosier. Just honest facts from an experienced journalist and the conversations with people who know these crimes intimately. And you can only hear it on Infamous Indie with me, Joe Malillo. Just search Infamous Indie on your favorite podcasting app. Oh, and by the way, if you want to see my sources, they're free at infamousindie.com. And as I always say, stay safe. In five, four, three. Hey, everybody. This you is never Daniel. wait for the tour one. Do you edit in the tour one? No, I never do. This is Daniel. And this is Daniel. And this is Barbara. Fuck you, Carla. <laughs> Barbie. Oh, it is Barbie. Hey. Welcome, Barbie. <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks, you guys. So we fired Carla. Um, she just sucked. She didn't do her job. And I can say anything I want about her because she'll never hear this. No, she'll never listen. <laughs> I don't know if she's listened to one ever. My mom's listened to a few. I listen to them. No, you don't. I just don't tell you about it. And I usually only listen to the beginning because I think the beginning part's funny. Yeah. Although sometimes if you stick around to the end. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff at the end. I only have so much time to listen. Yeah. To but, I mean, you only have like 30 minutes to and from work. If and sometimes I don't want to listen to myself, you know, right. in that own 30 minutes. I have to listen to myself all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Barb is a co-worker of Daniel's and she is here replacing Carla. We invited her to do it just through like Skype, which we've never done. We figured out, but she wanted to be here. I wanted to see where the magic happens. In our This tiny is where the magic room. happens. On the Mickey Mouse table. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. everything about this. It's, awesome. I know, it's very chill. Like we just bust out. The equipment is nice, so it kind of compensates for some of it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. Thanks, mm -hmm. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> See? Yep. At least somebody appreciates and it. And thanks, Daniel, for all your hard work. I yeah. know. Yeah, it's it a is. a lot of work. You know, our podcast is more difficult because of all them damn audio clips I put in. And that's your fault. Mm -hmm. I started it and I can't stop it. Well, and then you give credit. Mm -hmm. We're credit is Yeah. I and then to. I sit on the side and be starved for attention. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Daniel. <laughs> Poor Daniel. No, it's not. <laughs> you would think we would sit at a table. But if I'm going to get Daniel and Carla to like sit and pretend to pay attention, like Carla will pop out the legs on that and lean all the way back and nestle the mic in between her tits and then just talk to her like this. <laughs> so then, no, not the first time. She probably wouldn't care. She'd be like, "Whatever." Wait, is this on? Yes, yeah. it is. You got to hold it up. You got to hold it up to your mouth, though. Oh, so you got to hold it right here. You're doing it. You're doing okay. it. It's okay. I know okay. it feels weird at first. The girls. The girls. 
Oh, we talk about some awful shit. You can turn the gain up on I know. Her, I told everybody, I was like, you know, they dropped the F-bomb like it's hot. Yeah. Yeah, you warned. Who Who is at? Who did you recommend this podcast to? Um, Only Luke and Hannah and my son and um, a few other people. <laughs> I what did I say to you? I was like, it's like the the movie The Ring that if you listen once, you have to make someone else listen, or something bad will happen to you. I like that because already <laughs> my son listened to it today. He goes, yeah, it was pretty cool. And I said they cussed a lot. He goes, I know, I liked it. I like it. It makes me feel good I about know. myself. <laughs> listen to someone else cuss. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the car with my friends. Yeah, Barb and I are podcast connoisseurs. Now Daniel and Carla, they don't listen to podcasts. So I start. I go. I listen to a podcast, and he goes, "Oh wow, really?" I was like, <laughs> "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Oh, I know. I did tell some people at the pool today, or the tailgate that we had and she goes now what radio station is it?" And i was like uh, it's 96.3 <laughs> blazing hip-hop and r&b and the hoosier homicide podcast homicide. yeah we're always trying to we're their that. lowest rated show believe it or not yeah no. i know i know where do i watch your show at i'm like well <laughs> you can't but <laughs> When you guys started it, I asked Fish if he listened to you guys. He goes, I've never watched a podcast, and I probably never will. I said, well, you're right about that. <laughs> you will never I mean, watch I guess, one. I guess there's some people that record and go. Like, I think Joe oh. Rogan. You can watch Joe Rogan. Yeah, a lot of people now, they do YouTube video along with it. I don't know how you do all that. Like, that sounds like an extra layer of hard. So Carla's in Vegas doing God knows what with God knows who. She mm. she got a, She got her a weekend job. <laughs> hopefully she doesn't come back with a different last name like i did the last time i went to vegas no barb yeah but you knew that going out in advance okay see then it's not a surprise if you knew that's why yeah, that's you were true, going no, I, I remember that yeah now that you say that i remember that yeah nobody I'm, else knew but but anyway so i hope she has a good time I hope, she, I hope she wins a lot of money yeah i feel like she usually has a good time i don't know if she's ever won a ton of like I think she's won... Did she say like 200 bucks one time or something? No, I feel like she won like 500 bucks once. Maybe. I've never been to Vegas. Have you? You haven't been. No. No. No, because every time I'm like, ooh, do I want to go see titties and gambling and bright lights and big things? Or do I want to go see a six foot tall fucking rat? The rat wins. The rat wins every time. Every time. So this episode comes out on Halloween, on Halloween. I like it. So we picked more Halloween-ish type theme stuff. I read a ghost book. Okay, I didn't read all of it. I skimmed it. Picked a couple of good ones, I think. And I have no paranormal experiences except for last night. I swear to God, someone was na- like knocking on the walls. I swear to God. You came in my room in the middle of the night in the morning to tell me this. I was like, but you were eating a bowl of cereal. I did not wake you up. I was hungry. <laughs> Sitting on the bed eating a bowl I of cereal. I was hungry. Okay. <laughs> so it's like the wall, I can, there's a bed that is up against her bed, like on the opposite wall. So if it's like the extra bed. So if I sleep in there and I'm late, I can hear her tossing or turning like she's been sick. So I'm closer to her now so I can hear her if she needs me. And sometimes she hits the wall with her face even. And she usually doesn't even wake her up. <laughs> but she kept hitting the wall. And I was like, man, she's really like restless or something. And I kept going in there and trying to make her more comfortable. 
And then finally, like by the fourth or fifth time that I got back up and went back into her room, I realized she wasn't moving at all. And I could still hear this noise like she was hitting her feet on the wall, like, you know, kicking like this bump, bump, bump sound, not just straight knocking. And I was like, her feet are under the blankets. Like, (laughs) I had to go lay in bed with her because I couldn't, I kept hearing it. (laughs) So that's the scariest thing that's happened to me ever. Kind of well, put it out in the universe. Kind yeah, of. I've been asking for it. I need mm-hmm. a paranormal. Yeah, we got one. Oh, if it happens again tonight, I'll be pissed. I had I had one too, actually, last night. Yeah, so I was hungry, so I got up to get a bowl of cereal, and I was sitting in my room <laughs> and peacefully trying to eat cereal. And all of a sudden, Danielle comes bursting through my fucking door, <laughs> scared the shit out of me. I'm like, oh god, I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, because you ate all the cereal. I mean, she, she all she all. I was missing was a flashlight and get the fuck on the ground. <laughs> and it would have been the five O coming uh-uh, in there. I didn't open the door that hard. Well, that's what it felt like. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I even knocked first. I heard the clinking. I knew what you were doing. <laughs> the, I knew. I was like, the spoon. I was like, it had been less embar- mm. It had been less embarrassing if I'd been masturbating. <laughs> With a belt around your neck. <laughs> yeah. Wearing a Batman mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was Captain Crunch, but only berries. She was like, I want the one without the It the wasn't very good. It was kind of stale. I was yeah. disappointed. She eats it. <laughs> still, yeah, well, still. she doesn't have very good taste. Mm-mm, she doesn't. Oops, berries. I think is what it's called. <laughs> I was like, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And Daniel, I don't think, has any other paranormal experiences. No, but last night, I walk. In, I do walk into my, my room after we had been talking about doing the, the whole ghost thing and not mm-hmm. having, you know, we were talking about this last night. I go in my room to go to the bathroom, and the light's off, and all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I mean, the light was on, the bathroom light was off. Mm-hmm. Light was on in the bathroom, light was off in the bedroom, all of a sudden, I see this bright light just flashing back and forth, and I'm like... What the fuck is that? She'd got a flashlight <laughs> and was coming into the room. Bouncing around with bouncing it. Bouncing around with it. Oh, this is good though. What was she doing with the flashlight? Oh, she was pointing it in the fish tank. Yeah, she was fucking with a fish. I mean, I don't know if she really knew she was fucking with him, but maybe she did on a oh, certain yeah. level. Oh, Well, she got in trouble. Like, don't do that, you know? Aww. Yeah, I'm it, glad you mentioned. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that happens. And then I proceed to have an argument with a four-year, four-year-old version of my wife. <laughs> She goes, I, yeah, so I'm telling her that's not very nice. You cannot point the, the light into the fish tank. It scares the fish. And they get upset. They can run into the rock. They can hurt themselves. And she looks at me and goes, you should have told me that in the first place. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> you should have told me that in the first place. And she proceeded to say that And then I tell her, I, would it be very nice if I took the flashlight and flashed you in the eyes with it? And she goes, you're weird. <laughs> I was like, like, she's with me all the time. She's turning around, so all of a sudden, it's my fault for not telling her, and then she tells me I'm weird, <laughs> and it's my fault. You should have told me in the first place. And she yeah. said it over and over and over again. She and I was, was like, going to win. That yeah. Argument. Yes. Like, I wouldn't have done it had you not just preemptively told me not to. <laughs> I like the Snapchat where she's holding the flashlight, and she's telling a scary story. I can't understand anything except butt crack. Butt crack. <laughs> They're 
But Barb, do you have any paranormal experiences that you can remember? Well, I think, well, I have a couple, but the one that I really remember is I bought my house from this guy's wife had just died probably like a year before that. Well, come to find out she had died in the home, in the bedroom. And I realized when I bought the home, there was a lock on the outside door. (gasps) Oh, outside bedroom door. Oh, sorry. So I thought that was kind of odd, but then I started getting a few pieces of mail and her name was evil, (gasps) E-V-I-L. Why? She would have been born in like the 40s, so I don't know if that was like a popular name, but I don't know if it wasn't that. short for anything. It was evil, but I would see like was her last name Knievel? <laughs> it should have been. I can't call her that. I can't, oh, Maybe her husband evil had it changed. Hunt. I know. Yeah, it was, it was weird, but I would see like I probably just imagine it or after a six pack. I don't know. But this, <laughs> Like a lady floating down the hallway with like a nightgown on. So I don't. I was always thinking that was her, and we would always say, "Hey, evil, we're your friends. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put the lock on that door. (laughs) I know. And the funny, well, not the funny thing was, but at the funeral, at the at her funeral, her husband's there, and one of her friends is there hitting on the widow, the widower. And they end up getting married. So she like went there, you know, to like zoom in on this guy. I'm like, <laughs> but it worked. It worked. They got married. But I'm like, go, go on them. Yeah. Leave me alone. My my mom always says, if she dies before my dad, he'll show up to her funeral with a date. Yep. And I looked at her. I look at her every time now when she says that. And I go over my dead body. <laughs> I go. I will make a scene and I will tell him. I'm going to make a scene. You don't want me to make a scene. And you ain't going to write me out of the will. Okay. Any other ones? Um, sometimes we would take, I mean, like certain pictures and that we get them developed or whatever. There'd be like orbs. Orbs. Yeah. We were talking about that on the last one. That it's like, it's not as common as you think, unless you're somewhere where you feel like it's right. haunted shit. Well, and iPhones. Yeah. The back of the iPhone puts off a green orb every now and again. If the light hits it, oh. it yeah. reflects off of it. No, no, I've never had that. Of old, and I don't know if I've ever even taken a picture of an orb. Actually, no, I had the a trunk that I had full of my old junk, and there were like one or two pictures from like digital ca- or like you know where you have to wait and get it developed that you would see the orbs. But I feel like with my iPhone, I don't. I don't know if I've gotten any pictures. I th- wait. Actually, I think I oh, have a picture it. of you, and there's <laughs> orbs in it. There are not. Oh yes, did I did I show this to you, Barb? I, in fact, when we were recording the last time, had pictures. Look at all the orbs. Oh, my goodness. It's haunted. Should we even be here? Yes. Should we even be here? <laughs> no, we shouldn't. I, I need to go get some sage. Yeah, I have some. It you might have be sage? stale. Yeah, it might be stale. Well, we have we have Bob Evans sage sausage. So what we do <laughs> is we cook it on a skill and we bring it in here while it's still smoking. Yes, yeah, sizzling. <laughs> And then we proceed to make breakfast burritos. Yeah, that sounds good. I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, I can start, I guess, right? Yeah? Yep. So, have you been to Irvington, Indiana? Like Irvington Plaza, that area? I think, is it yes. Plaza? Yeah, east side? Like yes. Yes, yes mm-hmm. I have. I've been there to their street festival thing we went last year, and she had a lot of fun. Because you dressed up and kind of wandered around. But they have, like, a ghost tour that you can yes, go. Yes, that, um, that guy that was 
not on your show. It was, and I'm going to, yeah, Joe, Joe Malolo, okay, Infamous Indie. Yes. With Joe Malolo, he has on the historian that gives that tour. I think it's Al Hunter, I think is his name. And he's, yeah, he's the local historian, very smart, knows a lot about Abraham Lincoln. And yeah, and he interviews him on two episodes, I think. One is about H.H. Holmes. Right. And then the other one is about the Irvington area and Abraham Lincoln. maybe. But so those are really good. And he does a good job. I haven't gone on the tour, but I would. If so. you go, let me know. I'll go yeah. With you. That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. I, I thought about that when he was talking about it. Yeah. That it's, pro- it's I'm sure he does a really good job. So I found a book. The Ghost Hunter's Guide to Indianapolis by Lori Sankowski and Carrie Young. And that's where a lot of this stuff came from. Also, Indianapolis Monthly and Nouveau.net. That's, I don't know what that means. but it's <laughs> That old. means they just made everything up inside of it. It seemed real official. It's either that or it's a porn site. Mm, well, the porn must have been on another tab because I didn't see it. So, Irvington is like how far... Carla's not here. Uh oh, Carla's not here. We're lost. Yeah, it's on the east. I don't know. I mean, it's technically what, fifteen still... minutes east of downtown. Something ten. Yeah, ten fifteen minutes. Something like that. Yeah, ish. Maybe not even that. Okay, the Irvington neighborhood is on the east side of Indianapolis and straddles Washington Street. The founders of the area thought the curvy, brick-lined streets and Victorian-style homes were eerily similar to the town featured in the literary classic. The literary horror classic, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. And so they named the named it after him. Did not know. No, I didn't know that either. I was like, well, this is not a, a creepy... Good, not a good start off no. for the street to begin with. It's creepy to begin with. <laughs> the streets were intentionally planned to be too narrow and curvy for carriages, pre- preventing the towering homes from curious gawkers. And in 1875, Butler University was founded, but was eventually moved to the Butler-Tarkington neighborhood in the mid-1900s. And tragically, the Irvington area became the east side. Because of... (laughs) And a place to avoid at nightfall sliding into disrepair. So it became kind of shitty. But don't worry, they're going to fix it, because the ghosts are still there. However, (laughs) However, loyal homeowners refused to give up on the unique part of town and sought to protect its historic values. I think the homes are really cool there. Like, it is an interesting place. Given the namesake of this area, it is no shock to find that ghosts are fond of Irvington as well. Its annual Halloween festival draws thousands of patrons every year and includes a ghost tour walk, which I just said. So there's a couple of places, and I don't know if he goes to all of these places specifically, and I don't know if it changes every year, but Duforce Restaurant, D-U-F-O-U-R-S, Duforce Restaurant occupies a portion of a building that was previously Hag's Drugstore in the site of a botched robbery attempt by infamous bank robber, yeah, John Dillinger. Ding, ding, ding. Both this restaurant and the Legend restaurant are said to have a few helpful ghosts that remind employees to lock the front door and chairs push themselves around the dining room. Self-proclaimed skeptic Jeff Coppinger, and the owner of the Lazy Days Coffee House, says that he was working on, a, on the computer about a month after he bought the building. He says that he got a cold chill and heard something whisper, Who are you? Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Full <laughs> body. It was Pete Townsend. (laughs) Upon turning around, however, no one was there, and he was certain that he was the only human present at the time. Nothing happened for a while, and then one morning when he was opening up and setting out the usual chest set, he turned around, and I think he said he fluffed a pillow, was setting up, you know, it's like a coffee house that you can play chess out. 
And he turned back around and all the chess pieces were still out, but they had moved one row forward. All of them had moved up a row. Which, if you're putting chess, like, it's pretty easy to figure out where to start setting them up. So he's saying, that was pretty freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff said he occasionally sees shadowy figures moving about, but says, hey, this is Irvington. And I also read that they get, like, ghost envy, that places that aren't haunted are jealous of the places that, like, are. And I was like, I guess that kind of depends on who lives there or who owns it. Like, you get more patronage if it's haunted, like... Oh, you yeah. know, so it's probably more popular. I have ghost envy. You could hire actors to come in and do, or mm-hmm. people to do. Yeah, stuff. I would just get a lady yeah. in a gown, a white gown, to come running through right. the hall no, screaming. You- exactly. Yeah, and be like, oh, it's a spooky ghost. <laughs> you could get a toddler. Yep. <laughs> uh, I would put, pump creepy get mice, sounds. Put mice in the walls. Mm-hmm. Climb around at night. Man, that could have been what was fucking. I don't know what was in the wall. I'm gonna oh, record the no. audio. As soon as of she, it. as soon as she said what it was, she goes, "It sounds like it was above, and it sounded like something scratching at it." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's probably a fucking squirrel, Danielle." No, they live right in the trees. No, <laughs> I'll record like it. Ghost or mice? Mm. <laughs> What's the most logic answer? Santa Claus. Damn. Uh, the Irvington Masonic Lodge had the unfortunate luck to be designated Lodge Number Six, 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 Five, <laughs> Six, Six, Six. Freemasonry is the largest and oldest worldwide secret organization based on a moral code and not a religion. The lodge was rumored to have hosted secret meetings of the KKK during the 1920s. During restoration in the 1990s, workers were spooked by shadowy shapes that glided from from one room to another and heavy wooden doors that slammed shut. It was Zumpy. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't he a mason? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I can't do it. We need Tyler here for that. Impersonations. Mm -hmm. He does that a lot, My favorite thing to do is when Tyler calls in the middle of the show and he's pissed. Yeah, we put it on. I always put him on speakerphone. Sometimes we have to cut it. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's too fucking bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like, oh, oh, I'm going to have to cut that. (laughs) Is he complaining? Yeah, usually about traffic, (laughs) isn't it? Typically. Yeah, or a restaurant waiting there, like in the fast food line at like White Castle. It's been before. God damn, (laughs) motherfucker. That's, you know, I just got a good idea. We should leave this thing up and ready to record at a moment's notice. And every time he calls me, I'll record at every Yeah, every conversation. We'll have, a, we'll have a segment every week. We never tell him either. And he doesn't listen to us. And I don't think. Oh, know. no. The, fir- the first time we did it, I fucking played it for him. Uh-huh. And he was he was really, at, I was surprised at first. He almost seemed embarrassed by it mm-hmm. until people started listening to it and they were laughing their asses yeah, off. Yeah, because then all of a sudden like, it was oh. like, "Oh, ha ha ha!" Yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> I try not to play anything that would embarrass any. Well, eh, I don't know. He's got bad juju with food because we went to um, a restaurant the other day and it was so busy. It's never been that busy before, and we sat down for twenty minutes and ate chips. Yeah, she still didn't get to us and. I said, let's just leave. And he goes, well, let me try to find somebody to pay for these chips. I said, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck them and their chips. <laughs> this is collateral damage. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, well, that's, we went to, uh, we went to the KFC buffet once. I think I told you this. He, I got the, the buffet. He didn't. And we're sitting there and I have, I've got the gravy. And he was like, oh, man, I ran out of gravy. I'm like, dip it in. I go, here, I got gravy. He's like, he's like, 
well, I don't want to get in trouble if they see that I'm eating something <laughs> out of the buffet. And I'm like, yeah, there's, oh, look, there's a camera right there. I bet the, I bet the feds are watching us to see because there's been, swarm. yes, they're going to come through the window. I'm motherfucker. And I'm, I mean, I'm fucking, yeah, I'm telling this, but I'm like, dip your fucking chicken in there. And dip God your damn chicken it. in my gravy, damn it. <laughs> Fuck them in that buffet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Gotta go pay for these chips. <laughs> Tyler's morality comes out when paying for food. It does. When no, when when it comes to if he thinks he's going to do anything illegal, that's where he's got morals. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but you can do it if you want. Yeah. They also felt sharp drops in temperature, odd electrical workings, and a few of them were tapped on the shoulder on the shoulder while they were working in empty rooms at the Masonic Lodge. I think I'm saying that right. Yes. The highlight of the Irvington neighborhood, some might say, is South Irving Circle, officially the smallest park in Indianapolis. I, I just, I gotta say something. If I'm ever somewhere and something taps me on the shoulder, <laughs> like literally, I feel somebody... Physically tap me on the shoulder and I turn around and there's not nobody there. I'm fucking leaving. Peace That's what they out, were saying. Homie. That Peace. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. It's like that SpongeBob. It's like that SpongeBob meme. You see, I I'm out. I'm out. I'm or, out. I, I'm out of here. I think they said they had workers like abandoned tools. I'm, like, I, no. I'm, a, I'm like, gonna head out. Like I'm not even coming back for my tools. Like someone else can get it. I'm not going back in. Yeah, I would. I'd leave right away. You better hope this place ain't haunted. I'm no, so far leaving. it hasn't. But after last night, God. It is enjoyed by the community of the living and the dead. A young woman dressed in white and crying into a lace handkerchief has often been seen walking from one side of the circle to the other. Some see an elderly man with a beard dressed in period clothing that startles oncoming drivers by appearing suddenly and causing cars to swerve. Like he causes accidents by just appearing. I, if a person appeared living, dead, time traveling, whatever, out of nowhere, and it scared me driving, I probably would swerve. Been drinking. Oh yeah, that would, be, that would suck. <laughs> it was a ghost. It's a spooky ghost. <laughs> the defunct railway is supposedly the site of the largest mass ghost sighting in the United States, and it is known as the Lincoln Ghost Train, which I had never heard of. It has been seen and heard by hundreds of people for more than 140 years. Abraham Lincoln himself was known to believe in the paranormal, even hosting seances in the White House. And then all of his children proceeded to die one after another. Yeah. That tells you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no. I mean, that's why. <laughs> so you're saying don't fuck with the paranormal? That's why you don't fuck with, the, you know, I'm one of those people. If someone says, do you believe in ghosts? I don't know if I believe in ghosts, but I tell you one thing. I don't try to fuck with ghosts. Yeah. What is it? So, Zach Baggins. He tries to fuck with him. Now, the only thing that I might have done would have been walk through the old Beach Grove St. Francis Hospital. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't ever have read anything that that place is haunted. Well, it ain't haunted anymore because they fucking bulldozed it. But, you know, mm. who knows the land might be. Yeah. Hmm. We were both born there, right? Yes. Yeah. It is thought to be recreating the long journey that Lincoln's body took by train from Washington back to Illinois after his assassination. Those that have witnessed it say that it is run by a crew of skeletons dressed in Union Blue. It consists of full nine cars. The first car is occupied by a glowing orchestra of skeletons, and the second-to-last car holds a coffin that is accompanied by swirls of blue wisps. Clocks and watches... <laughs> Sounds pretty. Yeah, you know? I think people, like, try to go see this thing every year. 
clocks and watches pause pr- just prior to the manis- manifestation of the train, and time seems to stop during the breathless seven seconds when the train rolls by. Lincoln's train rolled through Irvington at a slow 10 miles per hour on April 30th, 1865. So it did go through there. I, you can look online like all the towns it went through Indiana, including Indianapolis. And it even listed like the type of memorial celebration they did, like banners or bonfires or like rail coverings. I don't know. Like, and they kept track of who was the most sad as we went from all the way back to Illinois. <laughs> Who's the saddest group of shitters out here? <laughs> And in one, it was like a group of like 12,000 people. And the next, it was like crowd. <laughs> I was like, what's crowd? <laughs> so I think Indianapolis had a bonfire for him. Okay. Just in case you wanted to like, I don't know, cremate his body here. We, you know, we just him. thought we'd have it one going. Most have not seen the train itself, but heard the whistle blow and smelled the smoke generated from the stacks as it whirled by. During its passing, the railroad cross gates will lower themselves and will remain there until the ghostly train is gone completely. The ground will shake and a floral scent will rush past any spectators, but the locals have grown very accustomed to the train's usual appearance every spring. I was like, man. Is, I, when I read that in the book that it's the largest mass ghost sighting, I went, bullshit. <laughs> so I, I went on the internet, though. And the internet yes. did confirm. So I don't, I mean, I guess it is. But the internet says it. They don't put on anything on the internet that isn't true. Know that. You should check Facebook because they're constantly out looking for fake news. Fake news. What is it? And then my fifth. Now I just told Facebook that I'm looking for fake news. It's listening. (laughs) It's always listening. (laughs) What? And then my fifth and sixth great grandmother delivered Abraham Lincoln. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. That's That's why I told Joe to tell Al. I was like, I'm connected. Like it means something. You're welcome to the world. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I take a praise in the form of donation. Patreon donation specifically. Okay. We'll run out of billboard and we'll put that whole spiel on. <laughs> a haunted home is the Antebellum Mansion, once owned by the Grand Dragon of the Indiana Ku Klux Klan, David Curtis Stevenson which was a rich and immoral man that considered himself to be above the law. In fact, he said, I am the law in Indiana. Do you know, have you ever heard of this guy? He, yeah. Joe did an episode yeah. with Al that I think about this specifically. And it's, it's a rough episode. And I think they even curtailed some of the more graphic detail out of it. I'm giving a very quick synopsis here, like a three sentence, five sentence synopsis. So everyone should go to his podcast and listen to the full story from a professional, which I am not. In 1925, Stevenson decided he wanted a young government worker named Madge Oberholzer all to himself, even after she refused him. Oh, Madge. Oh, oh man. It's an older name. <laughs> that poor lady. Yeah, it's bad. It's so bad. Then, after she refused him, she he lured her to his office under the pretext of business. Like, I don't know if she did transcription for him, but it's like, you know, at midnight, I need you to come do. And you don't want to get fired. So you have to go. He was kind of like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, he was Come wearing nothing but a robe. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there she refused him again. So he drugged her, assaulted her, raped her, and tortured the girl for days. So <clears throat> he was kind of like Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, and R. Kelly all together. All together. 
She was able, yeah, she was able to purchase mercury at a pharmacy while his bodyguards believed her to be purchasing purchasing makeup to cover up all the fucking bruises. Like, I have to return you home and you look pretty damn rough. So Madge attempted suicide, but it did not go as planned and she was left violently ill. And in an immobile state, Stevenson had her transported to a room above the carriage house where she slowly worsened, prompting him to have his guards transport her back to her parents' house. Madge had extensive internal injuries as well as cuts and bite marks that became infected and she died a month later of blood poisoning. She was able to give an account of her torture to a lawyer before her death leading to the arrest and conviction of D.C. Stevenson. He lost his position of power in the KKK and served 31 year sentence before leaving the state of Indiana. Where I think he went on to sexually assault another girl actually but he lost a lot of ranking. And it disabled the KKK in Indiana as well. Like, the membership dropped by a huge percentage. Because their whole thing is like, well, we, we aren't mean to our women, though. And it's like, but you fucking are. And they're like, oh. Look, we hate, we hate, we hate black people. We hate Catholics. But we do not condone beating women. And as long as you don't get caught, it's okay. So, they would have been able to play in the NFL. <laughs> they tried to. <laughs> they would have remained Eligible. Eligible. They tried to blow up the Golden Dome, I think, in Notre Dame. I wanted to find that story. Remember how I had to take oh, a history yeah. class after my World Civ class? Because the World Civ class was not as smart as U.S. history when it came to IUPUI. And they wanted me to pay for more school. So I, one of the books we had to read was that the KKK tried to blow up Notre Dame's Golden Dome. That is my very quick synopsis of that. Go listen to the more fully done podcast. We could cover him, obviously, but it's just so it's so sad and so depressing. And you're like... It was very brutal. Yeah, it was. And I was like, and she didn't even die of mercury poisoning. It was, it was like, you know, blood poisoning from infection. The Stevenson mansion stood empty for many years, but the distant sounds of loud parties could be heard and lights would appear in the windows even after the electricity had been shut off and wafts of cigarette smoke hung in the air around the property. Along with the sound of women laughing, crying, and then screaming. Madge's home is active as well, and on stormy nights, she can be seen peering out of her bedroom window whenever lightning strikes. I think the Al guy said that he has a friend that's a judge that when he was a kid was dared to run around the Stevenson mansion, and when he did, he got to the, like, second corner of the house and ran into a big cloud of, like, cigar smoke. He said, I promptly peed myself and ran home. (laughs) I was like, oh, shit. Is the mansion still standing? I think so, and I think the owner, if what I read, I don't know if if the same owner is now, but I feel like it was like 2016. What I read, and it was like he's not a fan of this ghost tour thing because it makes things more active at his house. He thinks like the stirring it up makes things happen there at the property, and it's like so he doesn't want anyone bothering him, which I don't blame. I mean, you regular old people live in these houses, and then all of a sudden there's like lights (laughs) out, like and here we have the house where a woman was violently murdered. <laughs> and you're just like, shit. And the kids are looking out the windows. <laughs> and all of a sudden she comes up behind him and goes, don't you, don't you hate these fucking tours? One thing that wasn't in the book was the H.H. Holmes house, too. And we talked about this a little bit. It was for your birthday. We did H.H. Holmes in his time in Irvington. And he got a house, rented one. And it was like the farthest line out on the house, like where the line literally stopped. He rented a house to murder that boy and then buried him in the property. And they found his teeth like in the chimney. And so they've never found all of him. And they know for a fact he did murder him there. And it kind of was a big part of like his downfall was they were connecting that murder to his mansion, at you know, his 
hotel horror mansion thing in Chicago. But that in that, he interviews the great-great-grandson of H.H. Holmes. Joe interviews him. John. Yeah. John Mud, Mud, Yeah, no, Mudget. John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not that Holmes. No. no. Mudget, I think. Is that what it is? Uh, something like that. I think that's his Do real name. Do you know names. who John Holmes is? Is that? That was way before. Uh-uh. I didn't think. I'm sitting there going, why are you laughing at this? I don't think you know who John Holmes is. Who? Well, you should go to Google Images and look him up. <laughs> And just be sure when you do, type in nude next to it. And then delete the browsing history. Yes. Might remind you of me a little bit, you know. Look, she's clicking like two or three times to try to find she's try smiling. to find it. Well, our internet oh. is so slow. I'm going to give up. Why don't you... <laughs> Life measured in inches? What is this? Oh, God. I don't understand who he is, though. You explain it to me as if I were a fifth grader. <laughs> no, don't explain. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what is he? Just because he has. I mean, that's a good. I mean, that's a solid, you know, foot longer. What are we talking about besides his dick? He was a porn star. Oh, okay. Jesus. I said, explain it to me like I was a fifth grader. <laughs> I wouldn't be explaining this to a fifth grader. You act hey. like I have experience and walk around and go, hey, kids, hey, kids, come look at this. Let me put this in a context so that you that's safe and that you understand. Yep. yep. <laughs> Anyways, they don't mention, I know they stop at that house and I don't know if it's two women that still own that property, the H.H. Holmes house, and they do experience like paranormal this or that, which they think is more like the printer going on and off on its own or cabinets opening, like childlike activity there. That one they didn't mention in the book, which I was surprised. And then I added, went to the west side now, the Bridgeport area in Wayne Township. I don't know if I've been, I don't know if it's near. Bridgeport, like off Washington Street? Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, it says the far west side of Indianapolis. Okay. It consists of a few housing additions and they were contacted by the Johnson family, uh, first made in 2002. They seemed like a normal family and were very hesitant about asking for help. So they're asking this these two women to do a paranormal investigation in their house. Uh, we joined the Johnsons and their two children around the dining room table where they slowly began to explain what had been happening in their home. They shared with us their experiences with shadowy figures, electrical problems, odd odors, footsteps running down their hallways, doors opening and closing, furniture moving, and an instant of hair pulling. Sounds like a typical week in this house. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. It all sounds normal. (laughs) The children were having strange strange dreams of statues that suddenly opened their eyes and stared at them. Floating figures appeared in their bedroom, hovering over their beds. One child described a family of ghosts that she... See, I'd be getting all the fucking statues and shit out of my room. Yep. (laughs) One child described a family of ghosts... I'd go sleep in a brightly lit closet. (laughs) (laughs) A family of ghosts that she frequently saw in the backyard. They didn't bother her so much as the new figure that had joined them. She described this spirit as being different from the rest of them because it was darker and blacker and never smiled. It was like, oh, God. Uh." Mrs. Johnson. Mrs. Johnson. Now, it's funny that her name is that after you showed me that picture. (laughs) (laughs) She's a little little, little, tongue-tied and twisted. (laughs) 
shared videotapes she had taken of orbs moving about her living room and a story about the time she discovered three stick figures drawn on a chalkboard. She at first assumed the kids had done it, but then realized they would be much too sure, even with a step ladder or chair, to have drawn the figures at the very top of the chalkboard. So it's like, uh, she erased the board and left the playroom to start a pot of coffee. Several moments later, she walked back by the playroom again and glanced inside. What she saw made her sling her coffee. Standing in mute horror as she stared at the three stick figures back in their original positions at the top of the board. Like, nope, moving out. Moving out. Upon playing back the recording from the first interview that they did with the family in the car, a litany of whispers, hissing, and murmurs could be heard at one point during the tape. A psychic reported that there were six entities in the home. Only one of them was capable of creating disturbances that had been witnessed. This spirit had been dormant, but recent events had provoked it. They had Miss Cleo. They called Miss Cleo to come Coming in. Out. <laughs> That's one of our favorite things to say. If you said that to my mom, she'd say it right back. <laughs> okay, so that was the end of the the shorter ones. And but, that was Bridgeport area? That mm-hmm. one is? Yeah. But does it say what neighborhood? Or? No, they changed. Well, I, they listed a few, but it was all like... I can look in the book, but it's real the nondescript neighborhood names. But it, like they're not going to give you the street address because they don't want you to show that. No, let's see. So this one though is more of an urban legend. I think it's not a cryptid. I don't like cryptids. Kind of a ghost story. Still, it's the same book that they came to investigate this later on, but it's got more of a backstory. Okay. 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 I'm ready. Are you ready, Daniel? I'm ready. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> Once upon a time, it was a rite of passage for Indianapolis teenagers to park their cars at the end of a long wooded drive off Fall Creek Road on the northeast side. This is from HistoricIndianapolis.com and that book, Ghost Hunter's Guide to Indianapolis. Were they going up there to share a soda pop? Probably. They They navigated the steep hilly woods to get a glimpse of a woman's casket wrapped in blue Christmas lights kept in the strange house of a mourning husband. Others were so bold as to take a midnight dip in the eccentric millionaire's elaborate swimming pool or cruel enough to place one of the dozens of cats that lived on the property in the nearby dog pen. So, like, people come there to, like, fuck with this guy's property. But oh. it's House like, of Blue Lights, I've been there. Okay, It'd okay, been, you have. Okay. I have been to the House of Blue Lights. It would have been okay. better off if they had been going up there and having sex. I've, they probably were, too. Well, you know. Yeah. Did you, d- did you dump a cat into the... Uh, no, didn't do that. Did you tip over a porta potty or anything? I can't really talk about what we did back then. I just don't remember. Were you I'll Were you with you, Debbie? Do it. Were you with Debbie? Debbie was there. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Old school. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I really. Come on, Barb. Let's go do some ass and go look for ghosts. <laughs> The ghosts only come out if you do acid. That's the only time. So. <laughs> I, but it's freaky as shit. I'm so glad I picked this because I wasn't <laughs> sure if anyone, like, like maybe you've heard of it. But if you've been there, that's even better. Where, did you see ghosts? The House of Blue Lights. Um, I think we did see, we probably just saw the lights and that was it. Yeah. It was probably just a light on and, mm-hmm. you know, we just fabricated the rest. As, yeah, scare yourselves. That's yeah. half of them. Yeah. The true mystery surrounding what would become the urban legend known as the House of Blue Lights. Skiles Edward Test was born in Indianapolis to parents Charles Edward Test and Mary Elizabeth Skiles on October 19th, 
1889. Charles Test had made his fortune as president of the Indianapolis Chain Works, founded by future Indianapolis Motor Speedway co-founder Arthur C. Newby, which became the Diamond Chain Company. In the 1900s, Charles, Arthur, and five others founded National Motor Vehicle Company. Have you ever heard of mm-hmm. National? Okay. And set up operations nor- northeast of downtown. National would produce the car that won the second running of the Indy 500 in 1912, driven by... Joe Dawson. Damn, he's good. I know. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> Encyclopedia. Yeah. We're doing trivia. Yeah, it, you know what? Well, it was funny. As soon as you said National, I almost said they won the Indy 5... They did win the Indy 500 yeah. at one point. Mm-hmm. And then when you said I went, fuck. I just sounded real smart if I said that. Yep. I was going to set you up to answer the question. I knew you'd answer it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Skiles grew up along with brother Donald and sister Dorothy in the mansion their father Charles built in Woodruff Place on the Near East Side. He was articulate, sensitive, handsome, and well-liked. Nearby Arsenal Tech High School wouldn't open until 1912, so young Skiles attended manual training high school. He was a permanent fixture on the honor roll and finished in three and a half years, graduated in 1908. If he had intended on going to college, he never got an opportunity. His father passed away in, in a Wisconsin sanatorium of Bright's disease in 1910, leaving 20-year-old Skiles to head the family. I don't know what Bright's disease is. I meant to look it up. Never heard of it. What is it? Bright's disease. B-R-I-G-H-T-S. It's probably called something else. Yeah. It's a historical classification of kidney diseases. Okay. That w- oh, that would be described in modern medicine as acute or chronic. Kidney disease? Yeah, nephritis. Okay. Uh, this event shook him deeply and probably contributed so- to some of his eccentricities in later life. In 1913, Skiles married his first wife, Josephine Bangs, B-N-G-E-S, another manual alum, and the two moved northeast of town into a small house tucked away in a huge, heavily wooded farm that they referred to as The Farm. As surrounding property became available, Skiles would buy it, gradually increasing the size of their property to about 700 acres. There, fueled by a brilliant technical mind and seemingly endless supply of money, Skiles began to build an eccentric assortment of structures and contraptions. He built a small rail system around his property with cars powered by national engines. He solved a dispute with Indianapolis Power & Light by building his own power plant on his property. His farm was fully functioning, employing as many as 20 people around the First World War, and it was said his cows would occasionally wander off and be found grazing on the golf course of nearby Hillcrest Country Club. Skiles was a moderate drinker, but he threw huge parties and was known as an excellent host. He didn't even like, he didn't like to be alone, so he had a schedule set that had... He's the host with the most. (laughs) That had different friends (laughs) visiting every day. So he always had someone visiting him, which I can't believe his wife was okay with that. He was like Gatsby. Mm -hmm. That's what it feels like, you're right. Birthdays and holidays were causes for extra celebration, and everyone was welcome to cigars, bathtub gin, and jazz in the 1920s. But Skiles wasn't simply sitting back and spending all of his inheritance on elaborate parties. He and his siblings constructed a building on Monument Circle in honor of their father. The Circle Motor Inn, six stories and 200 parking spaces, represented two-thirds of all the available parking downtown for a full 20 years after it opened in 1925. Skiles Real Estate Company, the Test Realty Company, was also based in the building. Later, Skiles held true to his family's motor vehicle roots and owned a Nash dealership. I don't know what Nash is. It's another car okay. manufacturer. There were, I mean, back in the day, there were just tons, tons of, of anyone who wanted to build a car. 
you could go out and fucking build a car and name it after yourself. But, you know, obviously Ford. Yeah. Ford was a guy's name. Chevrolet was a guy's name. Buick was a guy's name. I mean, most of them are named after guys. Except Fiat, which is an acronym. What's an Fix it again, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Fiat is Italian. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. That commercial, like two prom dresses get changed in the back seat or whatever. A commercial of a Fiat. Exactly. With a kid in the middle. Exactly. Mm. Okay. The exterior of the couple's home seemed simple enough, plain and boxy, really. Skiles had an affinity for glass, and as such, the exterior walls were covered with white, milky glass. The living room was lined with glass shelves that were home to his glass collectibles. The shelves were softly lit with fluorescent lighting that reflected off the glass, mirrors and marble in the home creating a soft blue hue. The sunken greenhouse had 20-foot glass walls, a glass ceiling, and marble floors. Skyle's master bedroom was on the main floor with a private bath made of glass tiles accented by dark red and black. Large mirrors were again on every surface, and the oversized shower included a safe. So he had a safe in his shower. It's interesting. Mm. Well, you know, you never know. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that on cribs. How are you going to, how are you going to get your gun real quick in your safe if you're in the, in shower? the shower? Well, now, yeah. That makes, makes sense. sense. You know, or if you want to count your money. While or, you're you know. in the shower. I used to think it was weird my dad telling me stories about my grandpa smoking in the shower. <gasps> yeah. But I think there were a ton of people that do that. Or people at shower beer. Did, did that's I a, tell that's you? a thing. People I, have beer, and I mean, I think that's maybe not. I don't know how common no, it is, but I, I know it's a thing people do. No, because I let it have a ring pop in the bathtub, and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the equivalent of an adult having oh, a shower yeah. beer. I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Yes. <laughs> so nobody else will smell the sm- people that yeah. smoke in the shower. Yeah. Or the shower. Okay. Uh, No, I just think it's my grandpa did it because... Couldn't go without the cigarette, probably. just wanted the cigarette while he was... Yeah, my mom said her pediatrician would smoke while she at an appointment with him. She remembers the pediatrician smoking. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Times have changed. Oh, yeah. The house had a maze of tunnels beneath it that connected almost all the buildings on the property, including a large complex for the cats and dogs that Skiles loved. The tunnels were... Access through several several trap doors hidden in and around the grounds in which someone unknown to the narrow twists and turns could easily get lost. When he was not entertaining, he could be found caring for his animals. His property really was a farm with pigs, cows, and a work in working dairy. And at one point, he had 16 St. Bernards on the property. At the time of his death, Giles had 150 cats living on the grounds. His love so he was the crazy cat lady. Yeah, but like with dogs too. <laughs> okay. His love for animals could be seen even after their death because Skiles insisted that every one of them received a proper burial that included an appropriately sized casket. And do you just for a Saint Bernard? Do you just get a human casket? Because they're fucking huge. He had a bond. He was the guy that built the bonfire for Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. So. He had one, and he had a little train, like a, you know, he pushed it around, they brought him around, had a little, put a little tux on the dog, Dog, and then they, you know. The crowds came. Right. around the property. They they brought out the sheep and everything else going around. (laughs) It was bad. It was bad. The cows were saying, eat more chicken. Yeah, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
He would then photograph each animal as they lay resting in the casket to keep in a photo album or to give to friends. I don't know why you would give that hey, to friends. Hey, you know. I ran across the pictures of my great-great-grandmother dead in her casket. I ran into those pictures that yep. my great-great-aunt took. That was took. a thing back then. Yeah, like, I got to prove that you're here. I don't know. But I was like, picture everyone's laughing. At, oh, it's a dead body. Okay. <laughs> well, that, oh, man. I don't know if I should tell this story or not. You've probably heard this at some point. When my dad's brother died, everyone's going, uh, you know, everyone went to the hospital to see him. And he, there, everyone's, um, my, my dad's one brother looked at him and goes, come on, Jim, kiss, kiss Rick goodbye. And my dad goes, I ain't touching no dead motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone's all emotional and stuff. My no, dad's like, I ain't touching no dead motherfucker. I don't blame him. You know, and, you know I mean, yeah. everybody, and what I would I, say is everybody's allowed to grieve however yep, they want. That's completely fine. I don't right. necessarily, you can instantly, it can, it can become a dead body. That's fine. <laughs> like, nope, nope, I'm so. done. I don't blame you, really. I can't remember. I feel like my mom had a pretty funny reaction to that. Knowing your mom, I'm sure. Yeah. The the animals were all buried in an area set aside as the pet cemetery with small marble tombstones marking the graves of his most favorite pets. And we just watched Frank and Weenie. Ooh. Yeah. You ever seen that one? It's It's a Disney. It's like one of the claymation type films. It's sad. But it's um, it's kind of a play on Frankenstein, except it's a little kid, and instead of bringing back a monster, his dog gets hit by a car, and he brings him back, and yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's it's and it's whimsical, well. but it's kind of like Nightmare Before Christmas ish. Yeah, if you like if you like that, this, you might like it. If mm-hmm. not, probably then, would I like Nightmare? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The biggest attraction, however, was the 40-foot by 80-foot swimming pool that was over 14 feet deep in order to accommodate the three-story high diving board rope swing and slide. He like... All right, I'm in. Yeah. The raid reviews of his home circled through the city of Indianapolis and more and more guests arrived to see what all Skiles had created. Which he was fine with. I think he built like extra guest houses and stuff. Like he He's like, hey... If you come to my dog's funeral tonight, I'll let you swim in my pool. (laughs) It's exactly what it was. (laughs) They're like, okay. It was either that or he was Dwight Schrute from The Office. But Dwight doesn't like people. Like, this guy wanted people there. I guess. But he needed people. No, he needed people. I mean, think about it. He needed people to come to his funeral. So he's like, I'll let you come over to my house if you do this for me. Mm Yep. Did he have mannequins sitting out the pool? Uh, I don't know. It didn't say anything about mannequins. I hope not. It's uncertain exactly when the property began to gain notoriety. The 1975 book, The House of Blue Lights by K.J. McClott, that's what it is, suggests that he, that the legend seemed to begin to pop up between the two world wars. Skiles loved the color blue. He put up blue lights each Christmas and hung blue bug-zapping lights around the enormous swimming pool. There were several variations, but the core legend has it that a rich old man lived in his secluded house in which his beloved wife died by accident. She supposedly plunged to her death from the deck of the bathhouse falling into the pool below. Her body was then sucked into the filtering system and torn to shreds, which I don't think is physically possible. (laughs) How lovely. (laughs) There was so much blood and tissue pumped through the pool that it ran red for weeks. I I bet she left a bad Yelp review. (laughs) making Skiles' test go insane. 
So he kept her in a glass coffin, surrounded it with blue lights, her favorite color, and kept her in his house. Some say he would move the coffin around the house, placing it beside him as he ate dinner, lying next to it in his bedroom, or tipping it up so he could dance around her corpse in the living room. <laughs> Initially, he was amused by the rumors surrounding him and his eccentric property, partly because of how ridiculous they were, given the fact that he and his wife Josephine had divorced after 20 years of marriage. <laughs> It's like, what What was the thing I showed you the other day? Have an eco-friendly Halloween. Decorate with real corpses. <laughs> Biodegradable, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stink like shit, though. Ugh. He had a short second marriage to a socialite named Elsa and a third marriage to a woman named Ellen Saxon that he had his first child with, only they lived in California. So he didn't even have any wives around, like, I think when, like, there was no wife dead on the property anywhere. They should have introduced him to Bel Guinness. Bel yeah exactly. <laughs> and i think she, i think all his wives outlived him so he was like it's so ridiculous but he played up to it by leaving up all the blue christmas lights year round because it's like it was funny but by the mid-1950s there were so many trespassers wanting to catch a peek that skiles had to put up tall fencing surrounding the entire property throughout the 50s into the 60s the trespassers and vandals became increasingly bold Skiles found a group of teens swimming in his pool and took their clothes and keys only to be sued by one of the boy's fathers. I don't know who the boy was that his dad would like you fucking broke onto his property. Right. <laughs> Trespassers released dogs from their pens and started fires in outbuildings. Skiles once found a teen in his kitchen drinking a Coke he had taken from the fridge. <laughs> Kids are just coming in. Was that you, Barb? Was thirsty. <laughs> He's lucky he didn't walk around with a fucking gun. I know. In Indiana, you definitely have the right to shoot all of them. For a while, he took to sleeping in the multi-story pool That'd be one where he, he would need to live by the rules of Dave Chappelle. Birdshot. Yeah. Buckshot. <laughs> Birdshot. <laughs> the bird first shot? shot's going to hurt. But then hopefully the, you, you decide you that you're going to get up and you're going to fucking leave. Yeah. Birdshot. Birdshot. No, then it's buckshot, buckshot, buckshot. 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 Birdshot, buckshot. Birdshot, buckshot. Buckshot, buckshot, buckshot. <laughs> For a while, he took to sleeping in the multi-story pool house, its cinder block construction being more fireproof than the house. Plagued with stress-related ulcers, Skiles began to leave each night and stayed at his girlfriend's house so as not to be tormented by non-stop onslaught of looky-loos. I was a looky-loo. Yes. I was a looky-loo. So see? I was so You gave this poor man an ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> we forced him to go to his girlfriend's house to spend the night. Yeah. We forced him out of his mansion. Yeah. Skiles passed away on March 19th, 1964. And look, look what color shirt Barb's wearing. Blue. Blue. Oh. At the age he of... He definitely wasn't around. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there in 1964. <laughs> no. I just want everybody to no. fucking Barb know didn't that. Use you know it. what's funny? You know what? We're sitting here talking about this. I'm sitting there going... You were a teenager in 1964? <laughs> like, like you'd have to be my parents' age. And I don't... Thank you. Like, no, you look no. you look really good for seventy. <laughs> Anyone can, that property is still there. We'll get there, so it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Like the land is still there, so anyone could still go and trespass if they wanted to. <laughs> don't trespass. <laughs> not that you're encouraging. Mm, it. No, don't do it. He at the age of seventy four and was buried in his family's lot in Crown Hill Cemetery. A few days later, the estate sale that followed was nearly as legendary as the house itself. An estimated fifty thousand people showed up, some to bid on the loads of assorted items that Skiles had accumulated throughout his years, but most to get a close up look of the, his mysterious property. However, the most sought after item was never found: the glass coffin. 
So I think he had like oil drum, like not oil, but it was like nails, cartons of nails, stuff he just hoarded, caskets for all the animals. Like they auctioned off that stuff too. And I'm like, so the wives didn't want this property. I don't know if he I owed money. I want to know who money. the fuck bought the caskets. Yeah. Right. I don't know if he owed money to someone. I don't know why the bank got it. I don't know if he, in his will it was supposed to just go to the bank. Maybe he, maybe he didn't have a will. He does, but. Oh, okay. The sale over, the bank took control of the property, promptly draining and fenced off his giant swimming pool, and the House of Blue Lights and its neighboring buildings slowly fell or were torn apart. Finally, the city raised every last structure on the vast property in the mid-1970s. Raised, R-A-Z-E-D, meaning they tore it down. After his death, Skiles... After they found out Barb and Debbie had been there, they're like, you know what... This is the worst of the riffraff. We can't have these any kids more of keep this. getting more and more fucked up every year. We're getting rid of it. Yep. Can't we're, have any fun. We're gonna raise it. After his death, Skiles intended for his property to become a Boy Scout camp or a nature preserve. Sky, um, according to his will, as long as the city properly maintained the property, it will remain a city-controlled preserve. I wanted to make sure all the little boys came back. <laughs> They each had to attend an animal funeral before they could join. The that's Boy what Scouts. that was. That's the badge that you got for working that land. All right, we're gonna bear. We're gonna find all the roadkill. And we're gonna come over here. And we're gonna bury, bury it. it. Someone's got to do it. We're gonna dig a little lake. We're gonna practice having Viking funerals. <laughs> <laughs> Give Jimmy the bow. <laughs> all right, Timmy, you light it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Unfortunately, the now unmonitored 80 acres of parkland is an attraction for the less than savory individuals. And in 2003, police found the bodies of a man and his friend burning inside a Jeep on Fall Creek Parkway adjacent to the park. So, it was Burning Man. Yeah, less savory. Is that what they called us? I guess. Well, you weren't the ones in the Jeep, so. Thank God. <laughs> I never heard that story, though. Mm-mm. There are still a few random reminders of what was once on the property. The workers in charge of hauling the debris from so many buildings began to cut corners towards the end of their mission. So, old ceramic drains pop up around the property and rusty fences are everywhere. Most oddly, random collections of broken china and porcelain are heaped into piles of rusty garbage cans all over the property. How bizarre. Yeah. So this is from Lori Sinkowski, her experience of being on the property when her and her partner went to investigate. Carrie and I visited the Skiles Test Nature Park with members of the Indiana Ghost Trackers and began following a dirt trail deep into the property. After miles of hiking, we finally approached uneven ground revealing a large slab of white marble in what was believed to be the now filled-in pool. We found some small shards of china or porcelain from a plate or bowl with thin green decorative paint on it. I tucked both pieces into my pocket. Once we arrived home, I took off my muddy boots and tossed the two pieces I had collected into the boots and then set them on the floor of my bedroom closet, where I promptly forgot about them. Several weeks later, I came home to find my bedroom closet had been emptied out and my husband Danny was shampooing the mud out of the carpet in the closet. Goddamn. Danny. Yeah, because I can tell you one thing. If I ever left fucking mud or something on the carpet, the last thing you do is come in here and I'd be fucking... I'd got the carpet cleaner out going oh shit my wife's gonna be mad in the closet no he was cleaning up her mess that she put her shoes in the closet and he's shampooing it out i don't know why i heard that differently yeah they still either way oh then yeah that might have been the case then i might have been the one cleaning up going god 
Damn no, it. you wouldn't. Mm. You you don't even know how to ar- operate the carpet shampooer. No, nor would I try. I probably would just fucking leave it. Yeah, you would. Just bitch about it when you got home. Yeah, exactly. Now, this is why we don't have nice things, Danielle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. I have to apologize to Barb. We we fired our maid this week. Yep, we did. <laughs> it's been one of those weeks, you know. It's we found out she week. was a Trump supporter, so we had to fire <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Several weeks later, I came home to find my bedroom closet had been emptied and my husband was shampooing the mud out of the carpet in the closet. The next day, I was surprised to find two pieces of china from the Skiles Park lying neatly on the closet floor as if someone had deliberately set them there. I called out to Danny for him to come and look. Where'd you find these? I asked him. And why did you leave them on the floor of my closet? Danny looked puzzled. How'd you get these back? He asked. I looked at him confused and his face lost its color. After staring at me for several moments, he said, I found those in your in your boot while I was cleaning out the closet. I threw them in the bathroom trash and then emptied that trash into the garbage can outside. Yet somehow they are mysteriously reappeared in my closet. I congratulated him on freaking me out, but he did not return the laugh, but only continued to gaze at the innocuous white pieces of china. It took a few moments for me to realize that he couldn't have had any idea where I found them or the history behind the pieces. To him, they were just trash I had dragged home along with some mud. So, like, her husband threw away the white pieces of china and they came back. And they came back. Though there is little that remains of what was the House of Blue Lights, and the legend isn't quite as widely known today as a few decades ago, it refuses to completely fade away. And there are those who still swear that blue lights may still be seen between the trees of the Skiles Test Nature Park. The end. <sighs> Very good, Danielle. Thank you. Happy Halloween. Hey, I'd forgotten all about the House of Blue Lights, so that was a good find. Yeah, I found that on Indianapolis. Historic Indianapolis? Indianapolis Monthly. One of those. Someone, And there were pictures, too. It does look like a shithole at some point. Like, it's just a bunch of property within porcelain. Uh, hey, listen to this one. She fired the maid because she's a Trump supporter, and then she calls this place a shithole. Shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, hypocrite! Much, huh? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. That was. I didn't yeah. mean to. Oh man, I'm just kidding. So, Barb, you drove all the way here. Do you have anything else you'd like to say? Uh, well, I'm glad to be here. Oh, I um. One thing, my uncle, he was a caretaker of Washington Park North Cemetery, so his house was in the cemetery. So I basically <gasps> grew up playing on tombstones. Oh, my God. The cemetery. That's where I learned how to drive. And he locked us in there one night because he thought it'd be funny, and he had his workers scare us. We were like 10 years old. We're <gasps> like, yeah, we'll spend the night there. We're not scared. That lasted like 15 minutes. 15 whole minutes. <laughs> I'd be terrified. Uh-uh. He had like three or four guys, like do flashlights at the windows and all that stuff so that was no i'd be terrified it was uh, i mean it's cool to go to cemeteries but you how long did you live like um he, all, all growing up i mean man, all my life that's pretty cool it was quiet neighbors quiet, in theory. quiet yeah. neighbors yeah mm-hmm. i think in the book they went to crown hill and they're like it's like zero haunted like no, like tons of famous people are there, but it's like no paranormal activity. We should have called Fish and had him tell a ghost oh. story. Does he have ghost stories? Oh yeah, he's a ghost hunter. Oh yeah, he's he? he's all into it. Yes, I didn't know that. He went to uh, he went and did the uh, ghost tours at uh, Gettysburg. Okay, and he has 
He has like the fucking. He's like a Ghostbuster. He walks in with his little fucking meter. And he's, <laughs> See, yeah. Oh yeah. I had business cards made up with this picture on it. Fish the ghost hunter. Oh yeah. Yes. Like, with that that light or whatever on his head. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh my god. I, I wonder. No idea. I, I wonder if I have that somewhere. Oh my god. I still have some of those business cards. I'll have to send you. A okay. Card yeah. Them. I didn't know he was like I would definitely do any Gettysburg like or yeah those battlefield I would I mean I'd do the paranormal walk stuff or I'd want to go back and do it because we went when I was thirteen going on fourteen and it's like it was cool to go out there but the drive fucking sucked Mm -hmm. because it was like twelve or thirteen hours in a car and that's just we'll take a train a ghost train oh there you go all right yeah we'll take a haunted train right out there Mm -hmm. awesome (laughs) sign me up. Sounds fun. As long as there's no you can you can explain to our daughter why we're not going to Disney World. Well, mommy wanted to take the haunted train ride instead. <laughs> I'm going to the haunted mansion, man. I'll give you chocolate. Yeah, well, that's all it takes, really. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I hope I still have to bribe her to take her antibiotics. I was like, you can have chocolate. <laughs> Crush it up. Yeah, we had to get the powder, like the crushed up antibiotics, because she kept throwing up like the liquid stuff. Like, she didn't like the taste, the bubblegum yeah. taste. It just came right back up, and I was like, no. That shit doesn't taste like bubblegum. I know. They were like, oh, most kids just like it, you know, uh, yeah, straight. Right. So I gave it to her straight. <laughs> no, and she was running around the <laughs> house throwing up, like wouldn't pick a spot oh. to throw up at. It's like the dog, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. Just go everywhere. <laughs> just put her outside. Mm-hmm. She'd stay out there. <laughs> but see, I when you, you went to um, the thing that night. The trivia? Yeah, the murder trivia yeah carl and i went and did murder trivia what bar is that oh, fuck i don't know it's downtown anyways go ahead but your mom told me her mom was telling me about it and i thought man she didn't like that shit when she was a baby you we had to we had to mix it in yogurt when she would still eat yogurt mm-hmm. and i said that oh, forever yeah. and she went yogurt yuck. yuck yeah i have a problem with getting her like enough calcium Bad memories yeah yogurt yuck how was the mur- murder trivia? Um, it Did was you guys win. Well, no, that's. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm trying to find. You scored name. well. I think we did. Yeah, and it was just Carl and I. Like you could have bigger teams. Okay, it was at the Metazoa Brewing Company downtown. I don't know what street it's off of, but yeah, they do different trivia nights. They have like Friends, The Office, sports trivia, which we want Daniel to go to. And if you win, I don't know if you just get merchandise like T-shirts or whatever, but it's also a dog bar. So everyone's there with all their dogs, which is kind of it's yeah. interesting. Like, and But it's also like microbrew. And I don't, I mean, like Carla didn't even drink any. She's like, I'll just have a headache. But they, and you can bring in your own food, but they also had a food truck. But really, we were just like in the zone. Like mm-hmm. we were pre-gaming with serial killer knowledge to like to do this. <laughs> but there were 40 teams. This place was packed. And they're like microphone speakers weren't working like it wasn't as good overhead but they had projectors so you could still see but you want everyone to be real quiet so you can hear like your ranking or whatever and some of it was really hard but i think the winners got like 64 points and we ended up with like 54 but so i don't but it was so he wasn't saying them in order though so i don't know i think there are at least five other teams that had points in the 50s too so i don't know if we tied with a couple or who was higher or lower because we were farther back and we were trying to listen but those teams could have had 10 people in them five people 10 people it was just carl and i i was glad i had her though i couldn't spell it was like (laughs) i couldn't spell i'm like oh oh why am i here i wouldn't have been able to spell any of it 
Chris, Chris Bonnier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris Benoit. Benoit. There you go. Yeah, I couldn't come up with it. I think, we, and then you don't know. You know, then it's Beignet. just a dude. <laughs> no way. B e n o i t. He's French Canadian. Yeah. Benoit. Yeah. Benoit. So it was like then it's kind of subjective. The guy that's grading it, it was like they wanted the name of the Boston Marathon bomber. Couldn't spell that, even if I knew what. It, I mean, it's. Like, um, it's can you pronounce it though? No, You're good at that. No, I'm uh, terrible sorry, at all. Of it. I think it's the last name. Last name starts with a T. It's like a the T-S first name starts name. with a D, I think. But it's like so. First, Darkov, like, Dokov, yeah. Sarno, See, if Daniel Sarno, had been there, we would have. I think we would have done real well because there was like that, just that last person to fill in the gap of right. like what you don't know. Because like the first one was all pictures, like identifying serial killers, and we did real well there. Some was TV show stuff, and I was like, oh, they wanted something. It was like, you know, what emergency reenactment show that lasted from 1989 to 1999? Blah blah blah. And he goes, rescue 911. I was like, fuck you. We needed you. You weren't there. Oh, yeah. I put down emergency 911. It's not emergency 911. Rescue 911. So, like, it was like TV shows like that. And I was like, I don't know. Like, Unsolved Mysteries, America's Most Wanted. We got American Greed, though, because the Richmond Hill explosion has been on it. So, when they described the show, I was like, that's what that is. Mm -hmm. So, we got, I don't know, we did pretty well. I think 54 points out Mm -hmm. of 64 when there was that many people there. Yeah. Um, the eight, how pregnant Lacey Peterson was was when she was killed. I put seven months, and I said I go eight months right off like, the bat, and she goes, "I I put seven, it was eight. Like, yeah. oh. see, like if he had been there, <sighs> we would have won that. I blame that damn thing I have to go to every day. Job, job, J O B. So yeah, Carl and I did that. It was a lot of fun. It was her idea. People can go back. There's Disney trivia nights. I don't know if I would. I wouldn't be good at anything else besides the true crime one. But Daniel would be good at. The- it's too bad it's not like five bucks to get in, and then maybe you could get like a hundred if you win. Right. Like that'd be cool. Like I won a hundred bucks. <laughs> <sighs> so I think that's about it. I'm not even going to bother telling everyone where to find us because it just is what it is, right? Barb, is there any shout-outs you want to give? Um, let's see here. Shout-out to my son, Randy, because I know he's listening. Yay! Shout-out to Luke. Good job today winning. Hi, Luke. Hi, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of... It was for- it was stressful, but you guys, you guys did it. Mm-hmm. Adam came through. To explain, you are friends with... Luke Rhodes. Our, the long snapper for the long Indianapolis snapper. Colts. We're doing a celebrity name drop. That's what's happening. We are. Yeah. I told him it was coming now. Okay. Well, he then. Said, that's that's cool. That's fine. Well, well, Just wanted to give him a heads up. Consent is key. Yeah. Here. Consent is key. <laughs> <laughs> so, I also want to thank our one of our new Patreon members, Curtis. He's. I, I forgot to thank him for a while. So thank you for giving us money to listen to extra episodes. We have an, one more coming. Two more coming out this month. We have one more to record. Yes. Yeah. So that's extra work. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna do John Holmes. Shut up! I might make you. You don't know now. <laughs> Man, what a dick move! Dick, dick. <laughs> oh, I do have a killer story. Yes. Like maybe I might be three degrees separated <gasps> from this killer story. Okay. So I was visiting my friend out in Oakland, and uh, we were having lunch, and she was telling me about her ex-husband coming home from work. This was a few years ago, and. She said that uh, he was in a bad mood. She goes, what's the matter? He goes, oh, this dick came in today and he works at, he ran a hardware store and the guy was asking him about rope and 
that her uh, her husband said, I don't have that kind of rope, but you can probably find it here. He goes, I didn't ask you where to find it. I just wanted to know if you fucking had it. So the guy leaves. So about a week later, he's all upset because this guy just talked to him like he That's was a piece mean. of shit. So about a week later, they're watching Scott Peterson on TV. And he goes, that's that guy that came in asking for rope. <gasps> and it was like Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah, shit. shit. Mm-hmm. So, Damn. I said, that oh, my is... God, that's a trip. She goes, yeah, we could go see him. He's just like two or 20 miles from here. Yeah. The prison. But I was like, no, that's okay. Can you get in and say hi to him? Oh, I don't know if we could get on the list. It, what prison is he in? It's um near San, like the Bay Area. I can't remember. Like, California. What do you think about them picking Dean Kane to play you in the the <laughs> TV made for TV movie? That would be wasn't that question. it? Yes, was it? Yeah, I thought Kane. it was. Yeah. Okay. You got onto an elevator once in Chicago, and Dean Kane was on the elevator. Yeah, we showed up in Chicago during Comic Con on accident. Like my mom, my sister, and I were like, "What's going on?" <laughs> and they got on the elevator at the hotel and. Superman's there. I was like, wow. Superman. It all tied in. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's thanks the only for thing you did. Yeah. Well, thanks for I'm coming so glad down. you came all the way down. We would have done it remotely, which I guess we could still. I don't even fucking know how to do that. You said I don't you could either. do it. Yeah. Well, you would have had to be on your phone. No, I was going to have to figure it out last night, yeah, which I was you prepared to your... do. But then when she says she was coming down, I'm like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Joe says he just has people call in and puts it on speakerphone. It says the mic right next to it. And I was like, we've done it. I mean, I could do that. Because yeah. if we have that extra mic, I was like, yeah, yeah, that worked. Yeah, so. I'm so glad you came. It was even better. Fun. Yeah. It was fun. It's always fun listening to you guys. You guys, yeah. have you guys are funny motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> At least we're something. Yeah. Something. Fucking something. What? So. Something. Okay, and we're on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. Who's your homicide? Like us on those things. Rate, review, subscribe. Only five stars, or we don't want to hear anything other than five stars. I think they've been good here lately. Try not to look, because it'll ruin your day. A bad Yelp review will ruin your day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Barb, again. And for honest to goodness, stay stay out out of the the corn. corn. Thank you. That was good. Yeah. (laughs)